Today's scripture reading comes from Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. This is God's word. Morning, Mac family. You can be seated. I was was a little dude in high school. Uh... Uh, 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 a real little dude. I was I was scrawny in high school. I wrestled, and uh, I wrestled up until my junior year. Junior year, I quit because I was not thinking wisely, um, and so I quit. But in junior year, I wrestled 119 pounds. <laughs> yeah, about three bags of sugar and a gallon of water. That's all that was. So, so I, I wrestled. I was a scrawny little dude, and you know, when you scrawny, you notice know other scrawny cats. You know, there's other cats, and I wasn't like super popular dude, but I was a. I, I I recognized something in school early on. I recognized that no matter how like uncool you might have been, how unpopular you might have been, no matter how scrawny you might have been, there was something that could like switch that, switch it real quick, real easy. And the thing that can switch that was getting your driver's license. <laughs> I, saw that, I saw that switch. I'm like, dang, homie, a freshman, and now he's driving, and everybody wants to kick it with him, and everybody, okay. So there was a little bit of a desire of an independence, but I also wanted to be a little bit cooler, so I'm like, cool, okay, mom, I'm doing this. She gets, takes me, I go get the packet, I start reading the packet, I'm going through it, I'm getting prepared, I'm studying, I'm learning all of the answers to the questions, I'm understanding what it means to now be a driver. This book is saying that once I complete this test, I'm a driver, I take my little permit, uh, exam passed that cool now I got my permit I'm driving with my mom and then I get the opportunity I get the opportunity to actually take the exam and get my license and as as we have been looking in the book of Ephesians Ephesians chapter 1 through 3 is like preparing for the test It is the manual, it is the instructions, it is the declarations of what God has done, who he has made us to be, a people chosen for him, a people that have been sealed with an eternal destiny, a people that have been redeemed. It's like the manual that tells us who we are. But now in in chapters four through six, Now, baby, you got to drive. At at, at some point, you got to put this thing into action. At some point, it's not just about you getting information about who you are. At some point, you have to act on it. You got to drive. And so we're going to see today in chapter four, the first kind of 
how to the first steps of the church actually acting out on who God has made them to be. Look with me, chapter four, we'll look at verse one. We're in the book of Ephesians, chapter four, verse one, the book of Ephesians. And, and, and my boy is going to laugh at me when they listen to this online. But I, I was the first in my crew to get the license and kick it. Just saying that for y'all if y'all listening. All right. <laughs> he says in verse one, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Paul is in prison right now. He's in prison for preaching a gospel of unity. He says, yes, Jesus has risen. We are a new body. We have new life. But then he says to the Jews that also the Gentiles will get the same inheritance that you get. And they say, beat him down. They say, get him. They say, get that brick, hit him in the head. They say, let's injure this man. And thankfully, somebody from the from the uh, government comes down, intervenes and takes and puts Paul in jail. So he's writing this from jail. He's writing this as a prisoner. He says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called a manner worthy of the calling. I, uh, I, I sometimes we as Christians like to like walk this line where nothing's really defined, where it's like, well, well, what really is repentance? Love can be so many things. What is love really? Serving each other. But here Paul is trying to give you some clear stuff. He's trying to say this, this one won't be up for debate. There is a way that you can walk worthy and there's a way you can walk unworthy. There's some ways that you can do it right, and there's some ways you can do it wrong. And he's going to show us right and wrong. And, 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 and I've seen this even in my own life. Sorry, kids, I put them on the spot sometimes. But, but, but I've done it in my own life with my own parents. Sometimes I'll have my child, and they'll do something. And I'm like, now, now, now what did you think daddy was going to say? I'm asking that question before a consequence, before a punishment, before any. What did you think daddy would say? And they'll say, I probably shouldn't have hit my brother in the head with a basketball. Yeah. Yeah. See, if, if, if it's an awareness thing, if it's a, I don't know, I've not been equipped. Now that's a daddy issue. Because daddy's the one that's supposed to be equipping. But if it's not an awareness thing and you understand what you're supposed to do, but chose to do something different, now that's a hard issue. That's a hard issue. And so here, God is speaking through Paul to say, there's some worthy ways in which I want you to walk. I'm going to give it to you clearly so that there won't be opportunity for debate. It's going to be nice and clear, and this is going to be attached to the calling. The calling is chapter one through three. The, The calling is that I've chosen you. The calling is that you're going to be my people that reflect a light unto the lost. My, the calling is that I've made you one. You're a body now. 
And so I want you, as my people who've been called to do this worthy in the right way, and verses uh, two and three are going to tell us how to walk worthy. Let me hear you say walk worthy. worthy. It's going to tell us how to walk worthy. Verse two and three. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. With all humility and gentleness. This uh, Christian website called GodChristian.org, it it, it says it defines humility as having the right or the power to do something, but reframing for the benefit of someone else. Having the right or the power to do something, but reframing for the benefit of someone else. We we, we saw this happen in, in Matthew chapter 26, right? Judas comes on the scene, got the Romans with him, give Jesus a kiss and the Romans roll up. They grab Jesus and then good old Pete dog. Pete dog like what? You doing this to my Christ? Pulls out his sword, slashes off a guy's ear. And Jesus has the nerve to not rebuke the, the soldiers that are coming the legions, all these soldiers, he says to Peter, is this the type of operation that I'm running? That, that, that we're cutting off ears? Then this is Leon slang on it. That, 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 that's how we treat people? Don't, don't you know that if that was the way I wanted to operate, I've got legions of angels that would rush them in the yes. blink of an eye? Yes. Yes. So see, we saw humility modeled from the perfect one. But I've seen humility in my own life. God was gracious enough to me and probably to you, depending on when you would have met me. God was gracious enough to me not to let me stick with martial arts when I was in the third grade. (laughs) He was cool. He was he was gracious because I'm telling you, if I could have been able to kill somebody with these hands, you know, the arrogance that would have accompanied that. Do, do, do you know uh, what would you say? Huh? What just what? I'm looking for fights. <laughs> but I've gotten to know I've gotten to know some people that are black belts. And they are the most unassuming people in the room. Quite honestly, in conflict, they're one of the most calming people. They know that they could snap your neck in a heartbeat. With all this power, yet they restrain. Yes. Family, he's saying you are in the midst of a body, a people. This is what this is the, 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 the call of how Christians are to do life with Christians. This is not the call of how we are to supposed, supposed to interact with the world. Doesn't mean you're not supposed to be homo with the world. Not saying that. Doesn't mean it's not supposed to be gentle with the world. Not saying that. I'm saying we're going to get to the world. But the way he equips the world is in verse six. And that talks about armor. That talks about protection. See, here I'm not supposed to have protection because I'm supposed to be in the midst of people who love me. I'm supposed to be in the midst of a, of a people who I'm safe with. And I'm helping to create an atmosphere of safety when you know 
if we get into it, I'm going to be humble. That I'm not going to try to push my right to make sure that you feel that you know that I'm right because I'm always right, right? Like, no. It's not an issue of control. It's an issue of deferring for the sake of seeing God glorified. It's counter to counter to the way we counter to the way we we see a lot of things take place. He also says patience. Patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate uh, trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. It's the ability to accept another person. Accept them where they are. Accept them in, in the state that they are in. I was uh, doing this podcast last year and um, just the years of serving here like brought to mind kind of the journey that people take when they do life with Mac. Whether you've been living on this block of Harding for the last 50 years or you moved to our community, it doesn't matter. I've seen the same kind of trajectory take place. I've seen these four things take place. It's kind of a cycle. Pull that up for me, Jake. That you start off kind of like me. Like my, I have my own worldview as I come in and I engage. This is what I believe and this, this is where I stand. And then you begin to open yourself up and get exposed to worldviews that might be a little different than yours. Okay, maybe you historically came from a, a white suburban church, or maybe you historically came from an from all-black inner-city church, or maybe you historically came from, a, from a, a household of all women. Maybe you historically, like, whatever. Okay, you had your own experience. Then you come into an experience with other people, and you start learning, whoa, things are a little different. Okay. But then not only does the difference wake you up, you also begin to accept that those differences might be good for you. It actually might be helpful for you. It might be good for you to understand the perspective of somebody different and see that God is bigger than just your little tunnel vision. And then we get to a place of of empathizing, of actually being able to say, and man, now my heart hurts when you hurt. Now I feel your pain. Now I might not be able to to say I get it, but I can say I'm I'm not... in this place of ignorance like I used to be, I now am a, a bit more aware than I used to be And how can I love you? How can I walk with you? How can I, what can I do? But see, patience enters into that equation when you are solid enough in your spirituality that you let people be at different places and not have to force them through. You still let, number one, what's wrong with you? You're supposed to be done on the my view, your own worldview, six months ago. Like, like, like what happens is we begin to set out timelines for people, determine how fast you're supposed to move, determine how woke you're supposed to be. And patience is actually stepping back and saying, I see where you are. And as I understand where you are, I know that there's going to be certain fruit in that stage that I'm willing to go through. I see it in, in, in my home. I see it in your homes. If, if you ask a child that's five and you ask a child that's 10 to both go clean the room, you're you, you crazy if you, if you think that the five-year-old is going to do way more than a 10-year-old. 
I'm trying to hook you up, 10 euros. Y'all better be handling y'all business, okay? It's, it, you, it's crazy, right? But, but when the 10-year-old puts away 30 things and the 5-year-old puts away 5, you're okay with that because you understand they are in different stages of development. It's the same in the body of Christ. How dare we heap upon a person who's a new believer the same expectations of a person that's been a believer for 30 years? But sometimes the experience of the person who's been a believer for 30 years has been so traumatic that their movement is slower than maybe what you expect. And God causes us to be patient with one another, humble with one another, walking with and bearing with one another in love. And I, I, I liked, uh, oh man, I didn't write his name down. I listened to this pastor. And I'll, I'll have it in the notes when we, when we put it online. Um, wait a minute, I'm pretty sure I have. But he said uh, that walking together, bearing with one another in love means putting up with my mess. Putting up with my mess. That's, that's, what it, that's what it means to come on. Bear with one another. It, there's an assumption here, right? That we all got mess. That, that none of us come into this perfect and it's such a sacrifice for you to care for me. That, that, that you have arrived and it is now you that, oh man, I feel sorry for you and the, that you got to love me. No. No, there's, there's, there's a, a, a mess that we all bring. And yes, God is growing some of us in ways that we don't look nothing like we used to. But some of us are on that journey. God's saying, be patient with me. Stay in it with me. Love me. And so if he gives us this, this call to walk worthy, he gives us how to walk worthy. We walk worthy when we are humble with each other. We walk worthy when we are gentle and patient with each other. We walk worthy when we enter into one another's mess and do life together. The question then is, why are we able to walk worthy? And that's verses four through six. Verses four through six. But before I, before I get there, I got I to gotta say two things. One, uh, this past week, this actually played out in my life. Um, a sister came to me and had been trying to meet with me for some time. We got together and she said to me, uh, Pastor, um, I, I don't believe you've cared for my family well. Here's the reasons why. And she did so with patience, humility, and with love. And she was right. And I was able to hear from this sister a challenge, but the challenge was for my good. I can tell, even though she was sharing from her perspective, it was so that I could be better. That's, that's different than the world. That's counter to the world. That, that even in my pain and my shortcomings, I could be thinking about your good. That's what love is, family. That's what bearing with one another in love 
looks like. That's the the end mind result, the end game of all of this, which is messy. It is risky to be humble. It is way easier to be in control. It is risky to be gentle. I said it nicely. She don't seem to be getting it. But I could say it some ways to make sure she get it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It is risky to walk in the way that God is calling us to. But he is saying, this is what I died for. This is what you became a part of. You became of one body that I have woven together to encourage, love, and care for one another. Was greatly, greatly blessed by that sister. Now, if I'm giving you some encouragement of things that God wants us to be about, I, I want to share some things that God does not want us to be about. There's a brother named Thomas Rainier who was president of Lifeway Books. They do a lot of Christian literature, PhD, he has a consulting firm that goes out and has helped thousands of churches. He does a lot of studying of the church. And he came up with 14 facts or 14 reasons for church breakdowns and church divisions. I'm not going to be long in them. I'm just going to spit them off quickly. Gossip. Gossip. Don't don't seem like you're walking patiently with me when you're talking about me behind my back. Gossip. And I'm not saying me. I'm speaking figuratively of the church. Like, love y'all. Actions cloaked in darkness where like, like, you are trying to allow people to see one thing, but in the background, you're plotting against them. Failure to confront church bullies, that, that just because somebody has a dominant voice doesn't mean that we should cower and not speak out to say, remember that gentle thing that was supposed to be happening? Kind of not you, sis. Kind of not you, bro. Self-serving church members, where it's all about me. If the worship ain't what I want, then we we a bad church. If the if the, we ain't got the ushers with the nice white gloves, then what are we doing? Like you know, like all about me and what I want. Lack of prayer. Lack of prayer. Like if 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 we are a people who pray for our neighborhood, but also pray for one another, it it, it helps to diminish our tendency to gossip. Allow you to be a little bit more patient. Uh, fear of confrontation, uh, adopting the, the hypocritical spiritual spirit of the culture. Uh, you, you, you know how, like, basically people come up with blogs and the whole nine, and it's like just an attack on the church. Let me tell you how the church is not da 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 da, da. Well, I'm cool with critiques. Let's all critique. We need to because the church needs to do some, some, some healthy things. Uh, we also always need to get better. Uh, but if you're not hopeful of what the church can be because of Christ, then you might need some help internally. Because if all you see is the issues of the church and not Christ redeeming the world through the church, then we need to help change the worldview. Uh, Low expectations. That churches just are happy that you're in the seats. They don't expect you to grow, don't expect you to thrive, don't, don't have any plan for that or expectation. We're just happy that you're in the seat. Uh, no church discipline when we are like uh, thriving in sin. Uh, church is known more for their, uh, they, what they are against, how they speak out against issues than what they're for as it relates to Christ. Uh, fear of losing members. Failure to be evangelistic. 
as this guy's consulted tons of people, he said, I've never known a church member who is both evangelistic and divisive. I've never known a church member in all those studies he's done to see a person both evangelistic and divisive. Uh, power groups, and lastly, uh, silent and fearful majority. He, he, he told a couple of stories, but one was that uh, he heard church members say um, that it's not always good to know the truth, but that's just a, a lie. Like We don't want to be a church who's like, well, we don't really need to know the truth. We just need to keep the... No, we need to know the truth. Jesus reigns, and he is Lord. That is true for the world, and we want to be a people who continue to tell the truth uh, in a gospel-centered environment. So not letting cultural-like statements trump who God is. And so if verse... One is the like kind of clarion call to walk worthy and verse two and three is how to do that. And then I give you a couple of things of like, if that's you, if you find yourself being number three or number four in that list of 14, like ask the Lord for help. But we don't want to be about those things as church members. Well, well, here is why we are able to walk worthy. Look at me with verses four through six. This is why we are able to do it. Verse four through six. Let me get a swig. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. He gives us seven reasons why we can walk worthy. Because see, these seven make up and I couldn't come up with a good, a good analogy, but it's almost as if like, like each of us were individuals and then in Christ's death, he united Jew and Gentile all together and then some glue holds us. Some glue keeps us. Some glue, which is the bond of peace. Verse, uh, verse oh, I skipped verse three, didn't I? I was moving and all excited. Sorry, y'all. We got to get verse three in there. That was, that's too powerful. Verse three says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So the, the, the bond of peace, which keeps us together, is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And, and the posture that we are supposed to have just kind of got communicated. We kind of got told on. It doesn't say that like gentleness, patience are optional. Like, do that when you feel like it. He says in the beginning of verse 3, make every effort. Make every effort. Be, be diligent. Work hard at it. Push towards it. Fight for it. This is, this is the posture that we, are able, that we are called to have, and we're able to do that because of who God is and who he communicates we are as a result of going through one process. And that's the beauty of testimonies. I love testimonies because all testimonies start out different, but end up the same. You might start out talking about a friend that you had at work. You might start out talking about foster care that you was in. You might start out talking about mom and dad, prayer meetings, and worship time at home. You might, 
But even though we might start at these different places, all testimonies go through the same point of, but then Jesus made himself real to me. And I accepted him in my heart. It's great to see this awesome diversity that the body can have, but then (laughs) if it ain't a testimony about you and it's truly testimony about Christ, somehow we all get unified through the same filter of Jesus. And so Paul walks us through the basics of the faith. He says, look, y'all one body. I don't care how diverse you are, which is beautiful. I'm not eliminating your unique aspects of who you are, the brilliant ways God has made you, and the beautiful hue of your skin is awesome. This ain't what that's about. This is about a new life that I am giving to my people, and I'm expecting the same for all of you. There is no but. There is no, well, I know we're supposed to be gentle, but God, you, nah, but what? I know I'm supposed to be patient, but God, if, no. I know I'm supposed to bear with one another, but God, if you knew what they had done, no. See, there's, there's, there's one body, and we care for one another and edify one another as we live out what he's called us to in walking worthy. There's one spirit. That spirit dwells in us. That spirit is what keeps the bond of peace. That spirit, he, not it, he is the unifying presence. We got one hope, a unified hope that someday we will see his face. Someday we will see the face of Jesus. Might be in two minutes he cracks the sky The roof of this spot leaves and and we experience Jesus. Or it might be after you take your last breath. But our hope is that someday we will get to be in the full presence of our Lord. And that's a unified hope. You, you, You can't be a Christian and be hoping for something different. You can't be a Christian and just be hoping for a new earth where Jesus comes back and takes away all peace. I just want to be peaceful. That's cool. That's a great aspect of him, but not the only aspect. We have one Lord, king over all, reigning over all, almighty, all powerful. One faith. Yeah, uh, I was I was reading some articles uh, and and we had a chance to travel a little bit um, overseas a couple years ago when you guys blessed us as a church body to go take our sabbatical. And uh, it, it's cool how, like, you can have very different experiences. We were even from different cultures and countries. But if you say some key words in Christianity, there's a bond. You start talking about faith and, and, and people connect across different ethnicities, ages, the whole nine, because faith is one of those things that, uh, that is a unique aspect of our belief system. I mean, Christians have to engage with the intellectual stuff. It, it, the Bible makes sense to us to a degree. Don't explain the Trinity. Maybe communion sometime too. But, but, for the, but, but, but the Bible makes sense to us. There's an intellectual aspect. There's some evidence 
of this Christian faith that's real. But at, but at some point, if all you have is knowledge, you fall short of being a Christian. At some point, it's not just the books you've read. It actually is the belief in your heart and the faith that gets you through. And that faith connects you to a holy God and that faith connects you to one another. It's been one Lord, one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith and one baptism. It's, it's, it's one method of identifying with this body. Every time a person gets baptized, what you're saying is, I am not aligned to the world. My allegiance is to Jesus and to my family. You are saying, I come up anew. I, I go down one way, but when I come out of this water, I come out anew. I come out renewed. I come out with a new family. Amen, indeed. And God is saying, well, if this is your family, how are you going to treat them? You believe I died for you. You believe I separated you from sin. You believe that you can experience new life. Well, how are you going to treat one another? Here's a way you can do that worthy. You can do it by bearing with one another in love. You can do it by being patient, gentle. You can do it by being humble. Spence Jones is a, is a, uh, uh, a theologian, a guy who studies the word, and uh, a brother from London who wrote in 1909 these words. He said, it is from such qualities in God that our redemption has come. It is miserable to accept the redemption and not try to attain, not try to attain and exhibit its true spirit. Basically, what he's saying is God has done all this for you. It, it would be a travesty for you not to experience the fullness of it, which comes in being his people and loving one another well. You, he chose you, sealed you and cared for you. And then you just got lazy on your faith and said, no, I'm going to just cuss people out. No, no. Uh-uh. But here this last sentence that he says, and, 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 and it is true throughout the ages, but I don't want it to be true for Macav. He says, neglect of this verse has produced untold evil in the Christian church. Neglect of these verses. Ne- ne- neglect of trying to love one another well, of bearing with one another of, of walking with one another, of being humble, untold evil. Un, how many divisions do we have? We have like new Mount Moriah, new, new Mount Moriah, the new, 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 new Mount Moriah. Like every time there's an issue, we spawn off and break off and do our own thing. And family, he wants unity. He died for unity. He died that we would be one. So let us love one another well across difference that we might be able to say, how's your walk? Are you walking in a manner worthy or in a manner that's unworthy? Let's pray. God, we are so thankful that that we do get a chance to wrestle with the beauty of who you are. 
You have created us already. This, we are people who are patient. We are people who are gentle. We are people who are able to love one another and bear with one another. That's who we are. Anytime that we begin to get controlling, angry, uh, and act out in sin, we're being counter to who you've already made us. We're not angry people trying to become patient. We are patient people who slip up in anger. We are your body. Let us be who you've made us to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.